Hey you, Riley Nixon here. Welcome to From Manitoba with Love, a cozy little space where you can get to know me and all the things I hold near and dear. back in my car again and it's raining again I thought it would be a perfect afternoon to shoot well record I have to get that word out of my head when I'm thinking about podcasts at least until I start actually uh, shooting video for the podcast but it is raining so I thought it would be perfect to record the third episode How are you guys? It's Tuesday for me. That was a lie. It is Monday for me. (laughs) What are days even? So today I thought that I would kind of do a timeline of my life. Hopefully that's interesting to you and you haven't heard it already a million times. But here we go. So I was born February 13th, 1995 in Brandon, Manitoba. My whole family still lives there, except my mom. My whole family's there. It is my home still. Even though I've lived in Southern California since uh, 2005. Yeah, Christmas of 2005 was when I moved here. My life in Canada before I moved was amazing. Um, Very family-oriented. I had close friends. I went to... Well, let's see. For preschool, my teacher was my aunt. And... It was the best experience ever. (laughs) And that was the same year that my sister was born. And then after preschool, I went to a Catholic school. And kind of an interesting school because, I mean, I had never, I didn't know any different. But later on in life, I realized that Catholic schools generally aren't public schools. But my school was. It was a public Catholic school. We did not have uniforms. It was K to 8, and um, we'd go to church as a school once a month, so it wasn't anything crazy. Um, And then, like, in the morning announcements, we would do a... um, I think we would do an Our Father, and we'd sing O Canada. No, we wouldn't. Would we? Now I can't remember. No, we did. We totally did. And I think also we would sing, there'd be like a new song every month for church, like a fun, like kids churchy song. And then when we go to church the one day a month as a school, we'd get to sing that song in church and it was always very exciting. Especially this one song (laughs) called Children of the Light. And at the end of it, you get to like yell, yeah, yeah. 
and we would just scream the fuck out of that yeah <laughs> so whenever that was the song choice of the month we would get so fucking pumped for that church for that mass um so we could scream in church basically um i loved that school i was with the same so each grade there's only one class per grade um and one teacher per grade so you are with basically the exact same class of kids every single year so i was really close with um i i mean i wouldn't say that i was super close with every single kid in my class but we were all like technically friends and i did have really close friends that i went through grades with um i loved the school we had um in canada they have like different school days so like you'll hear on the radio or like seeing the newspaper that's like today's school day number four or something um i think i i could be totally remembering this incorrectly but in class depending on what school day it was like you would have religion class like two days a week i think and then school day four or something was like gym i think Gym class was so fun. I loved gym class before I moved to the States when it became PE and terrible. Um, I loved gym. We had so much fun in gym class. It was also a big shock moving from an all, like, completely indoor school to a Southern California school that was outdoor. Like, the classrooms obviously weren't outdoor, but there was no singular building containing all of the classrooms. They were smaller buildings that had like maybe four classrooms and you'd walk outside to like walk to your next class. I also didn't have lockers. That's not like a super normal thing, but I did not have lockers at my Southern California school. And we definitely didn't have lockers at my Catholic school, um, but we did have shoe racks inside the two different doorways and you had to have indoor and outdoor shoes for winter so you'd put your winter boots on the shelves and then you switch into your indoor shoes man i love that school <laughs> i always loved getting the back to school shopping list and going to um well zeller's initially and then Walmart to go back to school shopping, get all the supplies. Um, man, yeah. I loved school. I was very um, advanced. Um, I would, I can't remember the frequency. I don't know if it was every day or like every other day, but I was pulled from class to read higher level books than what my class was reading because I don't know I don't even know why they I don't know I'm, I'm happy they did but I remember reading um Ricky Tiki Tavi this was grade one and I was on my own like with this like other teacher person that would pull me from class I was reading Ricky Tiki Tavi and then when I moved to the states I moved halfway through fifth grade 
so that was at um there's i was at a school that was just grade five and six so i came halfway through grade five and then when i went to middle school here in california grade seven eight when i was in grade i almost want to say grade eight ricky tiki tavi was in our textbook <laughs> like i read this as part of my curriculum in grade one um so yeah I'm, I'm happy that like i did get that kind of special attention from um the educational system i suppose um But as soon as I moved to the States, I, like, the love of learning stopped. It wasn't fun anymore. And it wasn't just because it was harder as you get older. That's not... It's just the way that schools function here. It just doesn't... I mean, at least for me, it just didn't become fun at all anymore. Which is really sad. It's just so focused on, like, standardized tests here. And the funding is so low for schools and teachers, so I completely understand, like, why some things are the way they are, but it's still sad. Um, so before I moved, though, my parents divorced when I was in grade two, and then we all still lived together until we, my mom and sister and I moved to California in grade five. So for those three years or whatever, we all still lived in the same house. Uh, my dad moved into a bedroom in the basement and everything was fine. I never had, um, sorry, I got an email. <laughs> Um, I never, there was never any like hostility between my parents when they told me they were getting divorced. I do remember crying, but I'm just someone who cries when someone talks really intensely to me about something intense or important, but I don't actually remember being that upset and they still had me go to group therapy once a week, um, with other kids. And I just remember not wanting to go and not really feeling like it was doing much of anything because there wasn't really much I feel like to talk through because nothing was bad before my parents got divorced I I don't remember them being like romantic affectionate and not that they were the opposite of those things it was just like I just had two parents that got along really well and were really good parents. So, like, it wasn't this, like, fairy tale romance that, like, crumbled before my eyes. Um, it just, it, it was all fine. Like, they got along really well. They never fought in front of us, at least. I was never aware of any fighting. Um, it all seemed pretty good. Um, obviously there was stuff going on in the background that like me or my sister didn't know about and um, my mom we moved because my mom was getting married to a man who lives here in California so yeah that move was very traumatic 
not because I wanted my parents to be together. I just wanted to not not be with my dad. I was very, very close. I'm still very, very close with my dad. Um, that move was really hard. I'm very close with my family, my specifically my mo- my dad and like my mom's side of the family. So, like my grandma, like raised me kind of she was the person who would babysit when my parents were working um so I spent a lot of time growing up with my grandma and my cousins and aunt like we were always together doing stuff um we're very very close so the the traumatizing part of the divorce was not the divorce it was three years later when I was basically removed from my family um that was really really hard moving to a different country like obviously I had my mom and my sister with me but just wasn't the same and um I've never been close with my stepfather um he definitely was not prepared or willing to, I think, to become a dad again. His kids were already grown up. Um, I think we were tolerated, (laughs) which was like a big, like a drastic difference from the family vibe back home. Um, But moving to California was also exciting. We had come here the summer before we moved and, you know, we did all the things. We went to Disney, the beach and SeaWorld and, you know, there's so much cool stuff to do. So it was, you know, that part was exciting. But going to a new school was really scary and hard. And um, after I moved, I never really could keep um, friends, like girlfriends. I would have, you know, some close-ish friends for the year and then somehow they just wouldn't really want to be friends with me anymore. It would just kind of like fizzle out. I was never really sure what was going on there. But eventually I was just, um, it was time to focus on, for me, it was time to focus on boys. And, um, yeah, I've always been very, I'm very family oriented. I've always been very family oriented. Like I was very, I had close friends in Canada, but more time was spent like with family and cousins. So that's always been true for me. So like boyfriends are an extension of that partner. Like, you know, whoever you're dating is, I consider family. So that's always been where my focus has been. And, um, yeah, they just became the focus. So school continued. I, I went all through school in Southern California. I graduated high school. Um, and I, my, my mom and my sister moved back to Canada after I graduated high school. So I had to decide whether I was going to move back with them 
or if I was going to stay. And there was no way that I was moving back because of my boyfriend. I had a boyfriend who I'd been with for two years um, when I graduated, which would go on for another two years. Um, so I stayed. He had graduated a year before me. He was going to school. So then I went to school, the same school as him, for a year. I lived on campus. Um, I did not really enjoy that. <laughs> um, I did get my own room. So the, the way our dorm rooms worked, they would fit one, two, three, four, five, six girls two bedrooms on either side of a living room and kitchen. Um, two of the bedrooms were um, a bunk bed and two of the bedrooms were single beds. So I had one of the single beds. I felt really uncomfortable having to have like that close proximity of a roommate. Um, so I'm really thankful that I got to have my own actual bedroom. Um, I passed all my classes that year. I enjoyed my art history class immensely, but I recognized that because at the time I wanted, I was thinking I was gonna be a midwife. Now I don't see myself becoming a midwife. Um, I would much rather be a doula. Um, I don't really, really want to have like medical responsibility for patients. Um, it's a, it's a whole other ball game. Um, anyways, so like because that's what I wanted to do, I'm like, I, I took some like pre-nursing classes that year, thinking you know I might as well take something that has something to do with like what I want to do. Um, but after the year, I just thought, you know, this is, I feel bad that my mom's paying for this. I don't, I, I just thought it was a waste of money, especially because I, like, what I was currently wanting to do was, I had nothing to do with going to this school and, um, I can always go back, you know, I don't plan on that, but I, that was my thought process at the time. Um, so then I did not re-enroll for the next year. I, um, the following year worked at, well, I was a nanny while I was in school. And then the next year I worked at a Jamba Juice and became a shift manager at Jamba Juice. And that's the last, like, jobby job that I've had. Um, while working at Jamba Juice, there came a time where I was living in my car. Um, my boyfriend and I were living in our cars because his parents kicked me out. Um, he wanted a an open relationship. Um, he had asked me to open it. Um, and they heard from someone something something and didn't like that about me and they're very Christian and meanwhile it's their son who was asking this of me. Anyways, they kicked me out and um, he's like, well, I'm not going to stay here. <laughs> so we lived in our cars at Walmart for a while while still working at Jamba Juice. Um, 
but yeah, the relationship had been like kind of, you know, coming to an end. And I think that's, I think it was easier for him and me to like, kind of <laughs> like have it fade out in that way than like just breaking it off completely. Um, but I had been seeing someone, um, who lived in a van and eventually we broke up and I moved into the van full time. And then I lived in that van for a year and that was a crazy year. Um, I was not working at Jamba Juice anymore by the time I moved into the van. Um, eventually started nude modeling and that's how I provided for myself for the next year before porn started. Um, I would spend hours um, replying to, um, uh, I don't know what to call them, like on Model Mayhem people post things looking for models for specific shoots so I would spend hours in Whole Foods every day on my little laptop um, applying for these shoots and that's how I made my money. I was on food stamps um, and I had a 24-hour gym membership so I could use uh, the showers there. Um, yeah, that was a really, 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 really rough year. Um, I got pregnant. I had to wait till I was going to Canada with my ex-boyfriend that summer because we had this whole trip planned and my family didn't know we had broken up and they didn't know I was homeless living in a van and I didn't have money to get an abortion. This is like right before modeling started. Um, it was a mess. Um, yeah, it was a very, very hard year. So I had to get an abortion in Canada because it was free because I'm a citizen and I have a Manitoba health card and I got my free IUD that I had up until, I had that like 2015 through 2018, 19? Can't remember, but I took it out at home. <laughs> um, that was a, an extremely hard year. Um, eventually I was scouted on Model Mayhem um, by a porn agent and he got me into the industry. I had done one porn shoot a few months before that um, that I had found on Craigslist and that was Exploited College Girls. I hope you can hear me. <laughs> I, hope, I hope the volume's okay. Um, yeah, that was Exploited College Girls and I didn't know anything about anything and it was the most money I'd ever made. It probably was only like, I don't even remember how much it was. I don't see it being more than a thousand dollars. Um, he didn't have me get tested. This guy who shot me, it turned into an anal scene. Um, I didn't feel like I was, um, super pressured into doing anal at all. Um, but I didn't know that, like, that's something I should have, like, asked for more money for. And, like, I had no idea about tests. I didn't know about any of this stuff. I didn't even think about it until, like, a few years later. Like, oh, God. <laughs> um, but I had a good experience, and it was fine. 
Um, so yeah, I got scouted a few months after that scene on Model Mayhem by a porn agent. And um, yeah, the rest is kind of history. I, you know, shot all the stuff I shot. I became a penthouse pet. Um, made somewhat of a name for myself. And, um, and now I'm here sitting in my car in the rain in Los Angeles. Um, yeah. Oh, I should say, all that stuff was in San Diego. Um, and most of the van living was in San Diego and a little bit in Torrance. And then eventually I moved in to the house I'm in, in LA. Um, which I've been in since like April of 2016. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's been kind of a wild, weird journey. Um, I'm very, very glad to not be homeless anymore. That was um, extremely stressful. I only had to steal food once um, and it was dried pasta. <laughs> so it wasn't very much. And uh, it's really nice to have electricity and a bathroom. I used to have to pee in a bowl at night in the van and then I'd have to like dump it in the gutter in the morning. Um, yeah, it, it was all fine in the van at first because we were staying at um, a, a house, the first house that we were staying at, like when I met this guy, he was staying in the van at um, this woman's house in Olivenhain, which is like Encinitas area. She's the ex-wife of Joe Walsh from the Eagles, so she lived there with her younger son. Uh, her older son was at school. Um, she'd have like monks come and stay there, and she had a yurt that she would do yoga in, and um, she had a horse named uh, Hanuman and there's paintings all over the property. She would just like, she um, would just, you know, like wander around and like work on paintings and she was really nice. Oh, and there was this um, macaw in the house that would walk around. <laughs> it was really cool. But eventually like we were not living there anymore and it became like living on the streets and that was really, really rough. So I do not miss that and I'm glad that I've you know, some days were fun, fun, fine, like, you know, but, so I, I don't feel like that. I wonder what it's like to, like, live the nomadic life. <laughs> I've done it. I'm good. I'm very happy to live in a, in a house that I can, you know, have my phone charging and have a TV and a toilet and... Wi-Fi. Yeah. I'm nowhere near where I want to be financially. I'm by no means rich at all. Um, at all. But it is a big relief not to be struggling like that anymore. And now, um, yeah, just... I'd love to start my family life and do all that stuff. And it feels like it's so close to happening, but it also feels like so far away, which is really frustrating. 
it'll happen. Just probably is not gonna happen as soon as I would like it to. But yeah, I think um, like wanting a family has been this like, like, like romantic love, partner, boyfriend, husband, having a family, having kids has been like my constant, like through my whole life. Um, I feel like maybe for an outsider, it might not look like that because of the choices that I've made regarding work, but I, I, I don't see it that way. I, I, I feel like I've been really consistent in what I want. Um, and I'll have it one day. It's gonna happen. Just trying to let it happen naturally, you know? <laughs> so that's kind of a fast, maybe not so fast, I don't know. That's that's my life. That's That's what's been going on <laughs> since <laughs> 1995. <sighs> I'm tired, guys. <laughs> I'm tired. Maybe I should look at some questions that you guys have asked. Um, these are off of Instagram. I didn't get too many. Let's see. Are you a smoker? No, I'm not a smoker. Um, I did smoke weed for a very long time. I started smoking weed when I was probably like 15. Not super heavily. By the time I was 18, I was smoking a lot. Um, and then I stopped smoking weed um, in 2020. So however long that is. And I didn't drink any alcohol at all until 2016 when I was 21. And that was not because I was like waiting to be 21. I genuinely, oh my gosh, it's raining. I genuinely had no interest in alcohol until I moved to LA. I would smoke weed and I would partake in mushrooms, but I had no interest. And I think a lot of it was like, I, well, one, it's, I was just nervous because I don't, I get really nervous about substances and not feeling like I'm like able to function. And like, I'm so scared to take like painkiller, like not Advil, but like, like serious painkillers or, or any like, or Molly or what, like that's, I, that scares me. <laughs> and so I think the unknown scared me. And then also like, I don't like anything carbonated. Um, so no, I did not like beer, obviously. And then I think like the hard liquor, I'm like, well, if I don't like, that's kind of not that it's bubbly, but it's like a hard on the mouth, like liquid. So like, I don't know. That probably stopped me too. Um, now I only drink, I, um, do not drink as much as I used to. Um, but yeah, I don't smoke anything. There was like a, when I was working at Jamba Juice, I was smoking cigarettes. It just like <laughs> stupidly happened because boyfriend was smoking and friends were, yeah. But then I just like stopped. I didn't have any issues just stopping. Um... Being somewhat of a celebrity, what issues do you have maintaining your privacy? Okay, I'm, yeah, I definitely do not consider myself a celebrity. Um, I can go literally anywhere and no one knows who I am because no one knows who I am because I'm not really anybody. 
Um, to maintain my privacy, I've had to just like be really careful on social media about keeping my work platforms and my personal platforms very separate. Um, like years ago, I don't use Facebook anymore, but like years ago, you know, I had to really like get a lockdown on my Facebook page because it does, you know, like connect you to like, if you're not careful, someone can see all of your family members, you know, so I had to be really careful coming into the industry about like keeping all that stuff squared away. Um, cause people are crazy and they will like send shit to your family and that didn't happen to me, but like I've heard it happen. It's just terrible. People are terrible. Pet peeve. Um, um, I'm looking at a restaurant right now. It's a pet peeve when people are rude to service industry people. I mean, rude being rude to anyone, honestly, but like, why are you being rude to your server? <laughs> like, you look, that's just embarrassing and mean. Um, your diet and fitness secrets. Um, I don't have any diet or fitness secrets. Oh my god, it's raining so much. Um, I obviously gained a lot of weight um, a few years ago, and I've lost a lot of it. Um, I was keto, and that, that's how I lost like a, a big chunk of it um, in 2020. In 2021-ish. Ish. Um, and then I lost more weight last year. I was on Wellbutrin for a year and uh, for depression, I've since come off of it. Um, but I definitely lost some weight on that. I've gained like a ton, like I've gained like four or five pounds. Like it's not, <laughs> like, you know, whatever. Um, I don't work out. I should be working out. I don't. I'm very happy with the way that I look right now and that's all that I'm getting a phone call hold on I don't even know why I answered that it was like a weird phone number and it was a weird spam call okay hopefully the rain is not too loud um what else is in here ever in Detroit no I've never been to Detroit Say something about India. Um, I could eat butter chicken every single day. <laughs> I thought I had another question somewhere. There's a couple voicemails that I could play. Would that interest anyone? this one. Hi Riley, uh, this is Scott calling. I wanted to know, did you believe in ghosts? And have you ever had an experience with them? Just wanted to know. Hey Scott. He said, I hope you could hear that. This was Scott calling. I wanted to know, did you believe in ghosts and have you ever had an experience with them? Just wanted to know. 
I, <laughs> so my great aunt used to live in this big old Victorian house in my hometown. And it was the coolest house. And it had like little doorbells around that I think were for like your maid, like to ring your maid. Um, and in the attic where she kept a lot of her clothing, um, there was a little bed up there that was, I was told was the maid's bed. And I always like thought that like the maid was still there. And I remember being in the basement um, and she had this like little room in the basement that had like a, a thin wooden door with like a latch, like a little cold room. Um, and I remember going down there to get something and like the door closed while I was in there and like latch. And I'm like, oh my God, it's the maid. <laughs> um, I don't actually think that's what happened, but I, 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 I don't uh, not think that there are possibly ghosts. Um, I mean, energy is neither created nor destroyed, right? That's the saying, right? I'm going to sound like an idiot if that's wrong. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, a possibility that that, um, ghosts are possible. But I, yeah, I've never truly had, like, an experience that I felt like, you know, there's some sort of presence here. Um, yeah. I yeah. I, I, I think, I think it could be possible. I think so. Let's see. Okay, I'm gonna do one more. My newest voicemail is from my friend Charlie. This is from, yeah, no one's called me since. Um, this is from New Year's Eve, it looks like. Hello, Riley Nixon. Um, I read a little bit about what you were doing and I listened to your last podcast. It was delightful. Um, for me, personally, uh, hearing about uh, investment strategies isn't that exciting. Um, and I imagine that's not that exciting for most uh, folks younger than me. But I love the idea of hearing more about your personal life, and I think a lot of people would enjoy that. Um, hearing more about um, how you became the fantastic human that you are, hearing more about um, what kinds of things bring you joy and happiness. And, uh, you know, things like that, things that inspire people. Um, I mean, you're already pretty inspiring, but it'd be great to hear some of the details of your life, the things that really make you, uh, really excite you and, and bring you peace, and et cetera, et cetera. Anywho, uh, have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, Charlie, you are so sweet. I am so excited for your restaurant to be open. I want to come eat there so badly. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm really glad that this uh, voice app write, writes the voicemails out, which is really, really nice. You are so sweet. Um, yeah, I'm ho hopefully people enjoyed my little timeline of my life. I feel like, I mean, I, not everyone listens to all the podcasts that I've done for other people, and I feel like I've kind of, you know, told my life story several times, but a lot of people don't listen to other people's podcasts that I've been on, so 
it, it needed to happen on my own. <laughs> yeah, I will not be, I will not be giving any investment tips. I know Gustavo posted that on his story about coming on the podcast with me and giving investment advice, but it was a joke because neither of us know anything about investing. Um, I'm going to have Gustavo on the show for sure. I'm going to have Zoe Sparks on with her partner, Victor Vaden. They have a podcast called Daddy Says So. You should definitely go listen to it. Let me know if there's anyone in particular that you want to hear on the podcast. I can't make any guarantees. Like, if you ask, like, don't ask me to, like, put some, like, someone that you already know that I'm, like, you know, friendly with. Not, like, some, like, I can't get, like, a Bella to come on the podcast. Like, I'm, you know, be reasonable. But I hope you liked this episode. Um, Make sure that you call and leave a voicemail if you have a question or you have something you want advice on. I would love to give you my two cents. The number to call is 323-380-0844. Call and leave me a voicemail and you might hear it on an episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. And we'll talk soon. Bye.